on episode 11 i will be interviewing mr kaneshwar from the madras crocodile bank trust on this episode we will be talking about snake bites which is currently the most deadly tropical disease around the world over 1 million people have lost their lives due to snake bites in india over the last two decades so my first yeah. question is what was the idea behind the madras crocodile bank trust so the madras crocodile bank trust was uh, established as a zoo back in 70s to ideally conserve uh, critically endangered uh, reptiles especially crocodilians back then as you may be aware uh, during that course of time a lot of crocodiles were being hunted or or uh, were being poisoned in the rivers so the intention was to uh, help uh, con- conservation breeding to happen and then uh, sort of release them back into the wild uh, to rebuild the population that was the main intention behind the uh, croc banks establishment and it also was the center for herpetology where ideally not just crocs but uh, also other reptiles could uh, people could study about it and have them in captivity in a, a dedicated center by by a private uh, entity was not really uh, available back then mcpt also works on snake bite mitigation in the 21st century india has lost over a million people due to snake bites why exactly are snake bites so common in india yeah crocbank has been uh, working on snake bites especially snake bite mitigation for the last let's say what 40 years now um, and this has come through several interventions like our founder uh, romulus witeker uh, was one of the first persons to uh, see this issue as a, a really big problematic uh, uh, issue across the country and even though a lot of people knew that snake bite was really a big problem very little has been done to uh, work towards it especially on the non clinical aspects which is not what happens outside or not usually what happens outside the hospital so here what happens in india or let's say even in several other tropical countries is that uh, snakes coexist or a sort of live close to human populations so this is because of the availability of food items such as rodents or insects or uh, lizards and all so what happens while this uh, in this model is that people and snakes live very closely to each other and snakes being uh, animals that are usually very shy and very stealthy in nature um uh, are often uh, uh, stepped upon or often held without any caution and people then get bitten by snakes and with countries like india where majority of the population live in rural or semi urban areas where some of the medically important or some of the major venomous snakes live uh cause a huge conflict between people and the uh, snakes in the region it is one of the reasons why people get uh, bitten a lot and we lose uh, a lot of lives almost 60000 lives every year due to snake bite and we don't know the ecological impact this has because people also kill snakes a lot but we don't know what how many snakes are killed or or what does that uh, do to the uh, ecosystems there so yeah so combined with the multiple factors which we might later discuss on the podcast uh it adds up to the huge burden of snake bite in india and and let me just quote you right here it's the biggest human wildlife conflict and it's it's so big that it is actually a disease it's considered as a disease by the world health organization so why does snake bite have such a high mortality rate in india um good question i think the biggest uh, 
uh, factors is that the lack of awareness among people for example uh, once when somebody is bitten by a snake uh, several places especially in rural india people believe that uh, the cure for snake bite is found at a at a faith healing or a traditional healing places this is because of generations of misinformation being spread out through mass media and through uh, a lot of uh, books and all that is the reason why uh, a majority of the deaths uh, happen outside of hospitals mainly because people don't reach or don't go to hospitals due to misbeliefs secondly there are other factors such as uh, uh, understaffed uh, uh, health systems in in where uh, people are admitted for example in several parts of country uh, the first access to healthcare is at primary health centers but uh, majority of the primary health centers are not equipped enough to treat a snake bite or do not have the doctors who would understand how to treat a snake bite with the limited medication that they have so is the uh, problem even in secondary care and also by the time a person reaches a, a good hospital where uh, they can be treated by snake bite it's already 3 to 4 hours which is which is what the time is a very crucial thing we call it a golden hour but if, if somebody can reach an hospital as soon as they, they can they'll be treated uh, easily in addition to these two factors there are other factors such as uh, improper first aid where people cut and people try to uh, tie something against it or for the fact that there is not sufficient anti venom anti venom is a cure for snake bite and uh, some other uh, reasons which are most anthropological in nature but the first two reasons are the biggest factors were for why we see a huge amount of uh, snake bite deaths in india okay and which species contribute the most to snake bite deaths and what makes them so dangerous it's uh, to be honest we term something called as uh, uh, medically important snakes so there are several venomous snakes across country i believe that there are over 60 venomous snakes across country out of the 350 plus snakes that we have among this 60 there are maybe two dozens or under which are uh, medically important snakes that are capable enough to cause a human death or severe uh, adverse reactions and among these 20 24 species we have something called as a big four venomous snakes which is basically a russell's viper a saw-tailed viper common crape and a spectacled cobra which uh, earlier are supposed to be caused causing the majority of uh, snake bite deaths in india in addition to this four species there are also other medically important species that are geographically found such as the crates in the northeast the monocled cobra the crates in the west and the sochlex scale viper all these are uh, equally significant when it comes to uh, snakes that can cause human deaths in india but yeah but something that we call the big four venomous snakes is has been uh, the baseline against which the anti venom has been developed for in india so is it possible to identify venomous snakes from non venomous snakes i mean it, it, if you are talking about with respect to bite sites and all maybe not you can never identify uh, any snake from each other by looking at the way they bite uh, but but critically answering of course you can identify uh, any snake from each other by looking at the uh, photos or looking at the scaleation and all um however in hospitals doctors don't use use any of these uh, uh, id characters or anything like that they usually go for clinical symptoms that means that for example if a non venomous snake bites somebody 
a doctor will not uh, treat them with anti venom because anti venom is only for venomous snake bites and using anti venom for non venomous snake bites can cause adverse reactions in the body so the doctor waits for the patient to develop certain kind of symptoms or if the patient is already admitted with certain kind of symptoms they ensure that these symptoms are caused because of snake bite some common symptoms are uh, ptosis which means that eyes uh, un- unable to control eyes or bleeding from the mouth and from any uh, oral openings and all so these signs they look at it and they say okay this is a viper or this is a great or cobra so we should treat them so and so uh that's how for the doctors it is they treat you symptomatically whereas for herpetologists we can identify snakes based upon the photographs the uh visual documentation the scalation and all that but uh but by the bite marks or by any other uh non indicative keys it's really hard to tell it's a, what's a venomous snake and what's a non venomous snake and what should an individual do if they come into close contact with a snake uh if, if close contact with snake let's say if they have uh, they bumped into a snake in a closed area in a closed room the best is to uh make sure that uh, we don't sur- surround the snake it's it's always good to sort of find ourselves a corner and let the snake like gently help the snake in going to the, the opposite direction where there is probably a door or a window or something like that and then or call for help like a rescuer or a forest department staff or somebody like that you should never try to uh, catch the snake or or kill it or sort of throw anything over it all that will only lead to even more consequences if a person has come across a snake in a not so open area like an open field um uh, then uh, it's better to take a few steps back and just let the snake uh, move by itself any close encounters trying to click pictures or going closer to it would only agitate the snake and try to bite you so these two are the important things to remember if at all somebody comes close to a snake leaving them alone is the best possible thing uh, that you could do to avoid a snake bite what are some of the most common misconceptions about snakes in india um these are so for example there are a lot of uh, beliefs and uh, myths that uh, that revolve around snakes and most of this revolve most of this uh, are uh, geographically different for example some beliefs which are in gujarat are not the same beliefs which are in tamil nadu so one of the most common belief that people uh, uh misbelief that people believe in is the fact that snakes take revenge which is not really true snakes do not take revenge they do not have the capabilities to identify somebody and you know take revenge really it's a sunyam myth and uh, or for the fact that snakes drink milk and in a tr- snake i mean in our country and all people go off for milk and offer eggs and all several species of snakes do not really even eat eggs uh they forget milk only if an animal is extremely dehydrated or extremely hungry is when they can uh reach out to such kind of food but otherwise in their natural diet they neither drink milk nor they eat eggs very few snakes eat eggs and uh and along with this there are several other myths like some people believe that snakes bite you only on the eyes certain species and then there is the fact that snake charmers can make a snake dance it's not really a uh, snake really dancing to a tune snow those snakes can hear but not really hear like how we can it they move to the uh, movement of uh, of the flute or of the mouth organ that uh, uh, the charmer has and they sort of 
that's how they are they they usually have their eyes start locked up on anything that moves in front of them and they keep moving around it which makes people believe that they're dancing to, to the tune of a shama and uh, and these are some of the common myths uh, that revolve around snakes uh, and uh, yeah but but again every state or every geographic region every tribe has its own uh, concepts about uh, or myths about snakes well i have a question sorry so what is the role of awareness in reducing snake bite mortality and what are some outreach and capacity building programs fcpt are working on the role of outreach is very important in this scenario i'll tell you the uh, extent of the problem um for example like i mentioned majority of the population that live close to snakes are very unaware of what snake bite is they also don't know what snakes are and they have lot of misbeliefs around the snakes that they in the community so firstly people don't want to go to hospital or people don't know about a medical uh, assistance that is available in hospital and then secondly even after they go to hospital several hospitals are under equipped to uh, treat a snake bite cases so, so they keep referring to a higher facility which causes problems for uh, uh, victims thirdly uh, this is the point that i don't think i think we might talk a little later in the uh, podcast but yeah but snakes venom uh, differs geographically for example the same species of snake for example the russell's viper in south india is different to russell's viper in central india and to the north india the venom components are differing extremely so this is causing uh, an underrepresented anti venom protection uh, to give you some background anti venom is made from the venom of the snakes for example you take venom from snakes you inject it into a horse the horse develops antibodies and you take the antibodies from the horse and inject it back to a person for anti venom protection the catch here is the venom which is 90% of venom that is demanded for this anti venom industry across india is collected only from two districts in southern tamil nadu which are in chandalpet and kanchipuram districts around the clock bank and here what happens is that because the venom is only collected from one region the anti venom which is prepared for the rest of the country is actually prepared uh, uh, against venom uh, which is not uh, which is not available in uh, north india or central india like certain components are not available there in the venom there so what it causes is that it causes a very underrepresentative anti venom across india so one of the clinical observations that are made by doctors in west bengal is it takes lot more of vials and lot more of care a uh, trutita snake bite case in west bengal against a snake bite case in uh, tamil nadu this is because the anti venom is not efficient enough to cure the snake bites there so this also is a one of the biggest factor for uh, anti venom and uh, also anti venom comes with several other uh, problems such as they don't have clinical trials they have issues with dosages and uh, and it against to all this there are problems with claiming compensation after a person dies there is very little understanding about how to claim compensation and it differs from state to state so all this is such a huge complex of issues that happen after a snake bite like right after a snake bite a person is in a world of troubles the only way to avoid this uh, troubles are by preventing a snake bite this is where outreach plays a important role in targeting all these uh, effects in such as prevention of snake bite okay but but if accidentally somebody is bitten by snake bite uh somebody is bitten by snake so what should they do 
and uh, what would that uh, if at all uh, somebody uh, dies because of snake bite how to apply, how to claim for compensation all this are addressed by outreach activities across the country and in addition to outreach we also do uh, capacity building programs and capacity building programs are basically training the frontline workers uh, mostly forest department fire department village health nurses district educators so all these are important to sort of sensitize and strengthen the strengthen the capacities within a within a government or within a district which will help in uh, mitigating snakes and snake bites in the future how is fcpt utilizing technology to mitigate snake bite in india um we've been working with a couple of our organizations and uh, organizational partners across india and we are uh, doing a bunch of activities for example one of the most notable activity that we have done along with an organization called as indian snakes is basically uh, developed a, a mobile application called as serpa or the serpent and this mobile application uh, currently which is in full scale working in kerala what it does is it's like an ola uber service for a snake rescuer so if you have a situation of a snake or in inside your house you can open serpa and you can um, uh, find out who is the rescuer closer to you and you can call them up and they'll come and they'll pick up the snake and they'll release it back into the uh, surroundings or back into the wild it's one of the biggest interventions sapa also has several other uh, features such as able to locate hospitals which have anti venom able to identify snakes has a offline guide of snakes and uh, important phone numbers to call to when educational materials similarly we have done this for nationwide platform called a serpent which is still at a beta stage right now we are working on it and we are right now planning to expand a similar project in tamil nadu as well it's one of the biggest technological interventions that we did in addition to lot of using uh, open data kits and uh, 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 softwares to collect data across india which are mostly epidemiological and which are mostly to understand the problem of snake bite in india so we have been using technology to both understand the problem and also to provide the solutions so can you elaborate a bit on the research on venom you are doing yeah so indian institute of sciences has a, a lab called as evolutionary venomics lab led by dr karthik sunaga so what they do is they are studying the geographic variations in venom which means that within the same species or across several species how the venom is changing and what pattern are possibly causing that and how we are helping them is by helping them out in uh, catching snakes and you know helping them and getting the venom to them and they do the lab works they uh, they make sure that uh, they test all these venoms against anti venoms that are available in the market and see which is performing well which is not performing well and this sort of research has helped us to only to uh, enlighten mostly in the recent times to understand how big of a problem this geographic variation of venom is and the fact that we need slightly more representative of uh, venoms from across the country to uh, actually address the quality of anti venom in india and uh, indian institute of the lab at the institute of sciences has been predominantly working in this uh, for a very long time and uh, several publications have come out which are quite groundbreaking Uh, in india to uh, address the problem of snake bite and geographic variation of venom so what are some other initiatives taken by mcpt to tackle uh, snake bites i think one of the biggest points that i missed out throughout my talk is that uh, the biggest challenge for snake bite in india is policy 
like to understand uh, it's a neglected tropical disease and it's a neglected issue across the country so you need uh, to make sure the government is fully aware of the extent of the problem and makes better policy in it so what crockbank does uh, or what i do for a lot of our time is that we help governments we assist governments in establishing better in better policy frameworks which would not only address the problem of snake bite at clinical level but also at non clinical level such as uh, compensation plans such as anti venom manufacturing such as venom protection and a prevention uh, model across the country this is one of our major uh, activities where we are we are sitting with government of india government of tamil nadu government of karnataka in sort of identifying uh, the local issues and sort of coming up with solutions so crockbank hosts the uh, biggest venom collection center in india called as irular uh, snake catchers industrial cooperative society uh, which is a society of uh, a specific and very uh, uh, remarkable tribes called as irular and these people have been uh, working these people have been known to catch snakes uh, for, for several decades now and uh, for several centuries rather i suppose and one of the things that they used to do back in the british era was that they used to catch snakes with the leather industries and all they used to catch snakes they used to kill it and they used to sort of help the leather industry get going since independence and since the wildlife protection act catching snakes and killing them for any purposes was banned literally illegal so since then they didn't have a uh, really a uh, a uh, like a job so what uh, rom did back then was that he helped them in establishing a society called as the uh, society for catching snakes for milking venom out of it the venom was then used for the anti venom manufacturing in india so they were this was a very uh, novel uh, progress because it not only uh, uh, made sure that the snakes are not killed Uh, it also gave a livelihood to a tribal community while supporting the entire antivenom manufacturing antivenom industry in india this was a very uh, big uh, move and uh, which only helped us in progressing the antivenom manufacturing in india however since 70s uh, or or 80s uh, the way of catching snakes the way of milking venom from them has been more or likely the same even though the newer standards of catching and milking snakes have come up and even though there are new technologies that would uh, help in preserving the quality better they were never really adopted so what now was ha- happening is that uh, we believe that the venom that is being produced here is not of great quality so uh, so what we are doing is assisting the government of tamil nadu in establishing a better uh, serpentarium for rivers where not only the venom quality is preserved but also they can uh, uh, hire more rulers in working in this project so it's one of our uh, a long term goal is to make sure that uh, the venom production unit in india or venom production unit here gets only better with time and we'll be able to produce uh, more of a quality of anti venom more of quality of venom and uh, and continue to do so for the rest of the time beyond human wildlife conflict what are some of the major threats faced by snakes in india when it comes to human snake conflict very few of us talk about the impacts that is caused on snakes and that's that's quite upsetting for us especially as conservationists so what happens uh, one of the biggest threats for snakes in india majority of snakes in india is retaliatory killing like the fear itself that is among the communities that if they see a snake they should kill it So that's one of the biggest threat for snakes in india is people just whenever they spot it they kill it that's it 
and uh, secondly there is of course deforestation and uh, which is for the causing from snakes to move from places of forest to slightly more urbanized areas and then again resulting in the same conflict there is also the fact that snakes are one of the major victims of road kills while snakes cross roads in the evenings or in the nights for warmth and all because the star roads give perfect warmth for snakes so they come they bask on the tar roads and a vehicle runs over them so snakes are one of the biggest victims for the uh, uh, road kills in addition to retaliatory killings the road kills and deforestation there are other factors too which are not a big uh, uh, contributors to uh, snake deaths or snake uh, or our against snake conservation but these are the, some of the major uh, factors that play a role in uh, in uh, conserving snakes so my final question for you today is that how can an individual contribute to the clock bank and snake snake bite mitigation as a whole um several uh, again depends upon the individual's capabilities and understandings here if if a person is into the field of academics and sciences they could take up snake bites as an issue of their uh, interests and sort of research about it and if it's for, for mostly for common people the best thing they can do is support activities like ours uh uh in any capacities that they can or and then whenever they see a snake they should rather uh, think about calling a rescuer and uh, mitigating that situation there other than uh, trying to kill it or or do anything about it and students can consider this as a career option in the future because very few uh, work on snake conservation or snake bite mitigation in india is a really big uh, uh, problem in india and it would only require more and more people working towards it and educators or school teachers or institutions can consider talking about snakes in their curriculums or in their in their activities to children because you've seen that in children it's it's more or likely that we can uh, uh, change their mindsets and if this is for and and for several people who can work on uh, producing funds or raising funds then they should help out activities like ours which already are very underfunded due to the lack of interest between governments uh which will help us to sort of conduct more outreach programs help more farmers in understanding the problem and so everybody has a role to play depending upon the walk of life they are from they could contribute towards this problem in their own capacities that's great so that is my final question for today so thank you so much for your time it was a pleasure speaking to you you are welcome ashish it's my pleasure too